Alrighty, let's do this. The season finale! Welcome to the CubeCast Podcast, hosted by two people in the waffle. I'm Waffo, and joined with me is Brandon and Mitch. How are you guys doing today? Good night. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm going to miss that. <laughs> this is season finale. Yep, this is our season finale episode uh, of the CubeCast Podcast 2.0 season one, I guess we can call it. I, I, what are we going to call the season four or one or this what? Is two, okay, this is going to be season one of 2.0. In fact, we're going to be dropping 2.0 soon as well. We're just the CubeCast Podcast now. You know, we are, we are them already for eight months, actually, 10 months, actually, we have been the CubeCast podcast. We've been doing this for so long and yet this is only our eighth episode. Oh no. Um, so yeah, this is our season finale. This is our season finale episode, basically, um, kind of putting a final, an actual like final note on how we've been doing so far, have some personal assessments. But before all that, we're going to have some WCA news, because this episode's pretty much all housekeeping. So, yeah, for the WCA news, we have a few very interesting things that happened very recently, but let's do some records stuff like everybody loves. Of course. Now, the CubeCast wouldn't be complete without some records, so we'll start off with Italian Championships 2015 in Italy. So, Noah Arthurs. Really? Really? Yeah, he was there. <laughs> okay. So, Noah Arthurs from the United States, got uh, NAR 3x3 blindfolded mean of 31.57, and the, uh, what was that? What's that thread linking to? Oh, he got a 27.15 NAR single. NR2. Oh. Inside that. Or NR, sorry. NR, uh, NR single. single? Oh, cool. Stop, In that cool mean. Stuff. So, yeah, that that is a lot. Also, that, that national record was not an NAR, which... Doesn't happen too often in blindfolded events, but hey, congrats to Noah for like going to Italy for a while and doing that. All right, uh, the next competition we have is Instituto Nacional Open 2015 in Santiago, Chile, and Raulo Beatty got an SAR square one average of 14.87, which he later beat. Uh, if you're following along in the show notes, we have videos and links and stuff all in the show notes if you want to go check any of that stuff out. Uh, speed solving links or YouTube links are all in there. Oh. Is it my turn? <laughs> That's going on the episode. That's going on the episode. <laughs> okay, next competition is CCC end of summer 2015 in Moscow, Russia. And Roman Shrekov of Russia got a 5x5 blindfolded world record single of 518.65. I'll be right back. Somebody's knocking on my door. Anyways, following up with the records, we have uh, Vladislav Savelsky with an ER 6x6 uh, single of 1 minute 46.41 seconds and ER 6x6 mean of 151.13. He also got an European record 7x7 single and mean. The single was 2 minute 33.52 the mean two forty five oh five. All right. And he has... Yeah, we got uh, Santos Open in uh, Chile with uh, Rolo Betty. Uh, SAR square one average of thirteen point two nine. Yeah, video of that is linked in the show notes. Um, so yeah, Rolo Betty 
in not too long of a time at all, in, in just weeks, he beat his SAR 14.87 average with a 13.29. That's a second and a half difference. That's that's crazy. But to think that he got these SAR averages, but no SAR singles. That's, that's true. That's what's intriguing to me. Yeah, the next competition we have is in Nashville, Tennessee. Music City Speed Solving 2015, and that's in the USA, if you weren't aware. Um, Lucas Etter comes through with a world record... 2x2 two two average of 1.51. That is 151 2x2 two two average. That, yeah, that one got swept under the rug. Not a lot of people saw it. I mean, yeah, like, how did, how did that get swept under the radar? Because uh, I, I, maybe people just aren't caring about 2x2 two two as much, but 151, it wasn't too long ago where sub 2 was a barrier. Like a real barrier. Yeah. Um, And now to have... a like 150 as a thing that normally happens. Oh well, Rami's gotta step up. Remember when Lol Ben said that sub one average is possible, and no, <laughs> no, no one took oh, him seriously. Oh gosh! Oh man, he uh, he got me there. He's got me there. But it might it might happen. So Ben, I apologize because I was the one that called you an idiot for saying that. Because you might actually be right very, very soon. <laughs> Next competition, Charua 2015 in Montevideo, Uruguay. Um, Gianfranco Juanqui of Peru got a South American record for 3x3 multi-blindfolded for 24 out of 24 in 56 minutes. 24 out of 24? That's not bad. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, that, that's like yeah, pretty darn good. It's all right. It's all good. Yeah. Well, what? <laughs> what? like, what is second in the world for multi-blind? Probably that. I mean, probably something stupid, like high numbers, because nobody's even close to Mexico. So that uh, that SAR is actually third place. What's second? It's a twenty-eight out of thirty in fifty-seven. By whom? By uh, this guy. Because I, this guy. How do you say his this guy's name? I gotta Google Translate it. <laughs> oh, Gregor Shawoha. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so he has a he has a twenty eight out of thirty in fifty seven seconds, fifty seven minutes. But uh, wow, Matt Masco is still he's just dominating the field so far. So uh, at least some people are starting to to get good. Yeah, like twenty four yeah. out of twenty four is like that's considerably good. All right, the next competition we have is. Oh, is that me? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Are you sure? Maybe. This is B. Oh, just kidding. It says Waffle. Wait, which one? Milan Cube Day. Oh! <laughs> that competition! <laughs> Milan Cube Day is in uh, Italy with uh, Matteo Furlan with uh, ER 7x7 mean of 2 minutes 43.95 seconds. So, uh, Mr. Furlan, very, very good as always. No surprise here. How do you guys feel about it? Um, to, to see him beat that after Vladislav Shavelsky, you know, we were saying that Vladislav Shavelsky later beats those records, goes, they, it makes you think that Matija Furlan did not have that ER for very long. Yeah, it was kind of, like, I feel like it was just, like, swept just underneath the rug, you know, it wasn't, yeah. uh, that, that, uh, it wasn't, it was very short-lived. Yeah, very, I, very short lived. I didn't even find any sort of video or thread or anything about that. Yeah. There no discussion whatsoever. I feel like it w- went largely unnoticed. Uh, next competition, 
though, speaking of these 7x7 records, uh, Moscow Southwest opened 2015 in, in Moscow, Russia. Did I say Moscow? You did say you Moscow. You said Moscow. Uh, Ma- Moscow Southwest opened 2015 in Moscow, Russia. Um, Vladislav Shabelsky comes through with a European record 6x6 single of 145.45. Video to his channel is linked there. And uh, videos for these next records, which are both European records, 7x7 records both both seven by seven european records that's how you say that uh with two minute 3308 single and two minute 42.14 mean uh yeah dropping that mean by another almost two seconds um that's some pretty crazy stuff i i never thought that six by six could get sub two oh, no. uh warsaw cube masters 2015 in warsaw poland uh coletta got a Three by three one-handed ER average eleven point seven five. Yeah, that's just this is another thing that we didn't see coming. Oh. I mean, we we know that he's good. We all knew that. That's like sub me two-handed. I mean, that's sub me two-handed too. That's not not even sub Mitch two-handed, but you know, um, it's getting there. But like, oh my god! <laughs> Meanwhile, in the USA, yeah, we got slow and steady twenty fifteen. The competition I missed because of work. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Thomas Schlega with a uh, NAR square one single of 9.42 so we were just talking about how ridiculous uh, square one has become with um, Raul Obedi yeah last competition we have on the list is Masovian Open 2015 in Płock, Poland we have two Michals on the list getting some wonderful records first one uh, Michal Zawuski getting a world record skew single of 1.67. Yeah. Um, that beats Jan Bentlaga's previous world record of 1.68 by 0.01, which in turn beat Li Chang's previous world record of 1.69 by 0.01. Really, really good job to Javuski now that he has both single and um, average world records. And I, I watched that, and it's 13 moves. Dude really deserves that. It was it was like one move to three sledges, but still. It was the fact that you can like start the timer, pick like actually pick up the damn thing, do a turn, and then do three sledges and then put it down and like stop the timer in one point six seven. That's crazy. Like that Sounds how fast a lot did like Master Magic, magic get? Oh uh, it was a was like a one something. One six nine. Yeah. One six nine was was Master Magic? Yeah. Like Scube single is now faster than Master Magic. I think it was actually 1.68. And then the other Michal we have is Michal Halchuk, also from Poland, with two European 6x6 records, single and mean, which then beat Ladislav Shavelski again. Like, these are getting beaten week to week to week. 144.97 single, 150.04 mean. Videos in there, all of that is just absolutely insane. I can't. I can't not believe that. So that's all the records that we have for this section. Now we're going to take a commercial break and we come back. We're going to continue with some WCA news. Uh, I need to get some water. But yeah, stay tuned. This episode of the CubeCast podcast is brought to you by thecubicle.us, trusted by speedcubers and puzzlers worldwide. Check them out at www.thecubicle.us.
we're back with some more WCA news. Uh, something really interesting happened at a competition somewhere in regards to blind. Yes. Did you hear Sri about Ram, that? I, I heard Ven- about it. Venkatarao, I guess, um, was doing a blind attempt and stopped the timer with it at 26.07. Would have been a North American record. However, been. this solve was penalized with four seconds penalty for stopping the timer while in contact with the cube, as well as st- not stopping the timer with palms face down. Uh, and the final decision was made by the WCA board after the competition results were already submitted, um, but before they were put up on the WCA website for everybody to see because of because of this issue. So, what do you guys think about this? I think it's good that they did it because... If regulations are not being enforced and somebody does get a record, then it's kind of not fair for other people that are doing the right thing in competitions. Yeah. Like, one of the interesting ones that I saw on the uh, on the thread was like, oh, he's blindfolded. You can't expect him to be able to do that a little bit better. It's like, just because you're blindfolded doesn't, you know, exclude you from the rules yeah. that have been placed already. Especially how there's so many other people that can do it correctly. Actually, no, no, he can do it correctly, too. What happened was the solve was just really bad. Oh, okay. The, like, the Sebastian Aru actually uh, posted a video of him, of uh, Shriram, you know, having a clean release on the cube. I was, ta- I was talking with um, with Walker Welch. He was saying that when Shriram goes to a competition and he's doing blind, um, he makes it very clear with the judge that he's going to just start and stop the timer so that he knows where it is when he's blindfolded and we'll like test the timer out and get his, gather his bearings before he does his attempts so that he kind of gets in the zone it's very clear between all right i'm going to be testing the timer and then mental preparation for the, the actual attempt and then going through with the attempt so it wasn't so much that shriwan was incapable of doing it or that he he wasn't used to stopping the timer correctly. It was just that that happened to be the attempt where he where he slipped up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, like, I, I'm sure it wasn't with any ill intent. I think that was just kind of how things went down. Um, I think it also calls another a couple other things into question. The judge, whoever was judging, I don't know who it was, uh, but whoever was judging didn't catch those penalties. Just did not write them down calls into question not only like the the capacity of the judge to look for penalties but also the the enforceability of those penalties because if they're not practical to enforce then why do we have them written down yeah no i agree with you it's just um i'm sorry this chair is just so comfortable right now lost my train of thought um but yeah the when you read when you volunteer as a judge you know you're expected to know the regulations for proper judging. I mean, some people don't catch it. Like, I'm, I'm guilty for that as well. I think the, like, the most people look for when they're judging are plus two. The, the simple plus two where it's mister, like off by 45. That's the only thing a lot of people. But like, they don't, they don't pay attention to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there, there are eight plus two penalties you can get. I think. Tom Barlow brought that up on the original, where he was like, yeah, you could totally get a plus 16 second penalty. And that brought some awareness to it. But... Do you want to refresh people's minds? Oh, yes. What those eight are? 
the eight plus two penalties. There are four at the beginning of the attempt. The four at the beginning are uh, inspecting for too long. That doesn't apply to blindfolded, obviously. It also does not apply to fewest moves. Uh, but you can inspect for too long for more than 15 seconds, but less than 17 seconds and get two second penalty. Um, starting the timer with the cube resting on the timer, that is a plus two penalty. Starting with contact, um, so if you're touching the cube while you're starting the timer, that's a plus two second penalty. Additionally, um, you need to start the timer with your fingers on the elevated sensors of the timer with palms facing down. And if you don't do that, that's a two-second penalty as well. So those are the four at the beginning. The four at the end are, of course, stopping with your hands incorrectly placed. Your hands need to be on the sensors, palms down, when you stop the timer. Uh, then you need to not have any contact with the cube. You must fully release the puzzle. That's, that's the way it's stated. Um, you probably know about the misalignment penalty. And touching the cube, or touching the puzzle, before the judge has a chance to inspect it for correctness while not making any moves at the judge's discretion, is a plus two penalty. So, I am guilty of incurring multiple of these at one time, and then immediately telling the judge, that is this, this, that is this number of seconds penalty, and here's why, here's what I did. Because I did not have the confidence in the judge that they knew what the penalties were going to be. Um, they obviously would have seen the misalignment, but having the bad timer stop, having... Um, having contact with the cube while, during the timer stop and touching the cube, it's it all can happen really, really fast. And so I, I, I really question the um, the capability of judges to be able to enforce them, uh, less than the fact that they, you know, don't anyway. So. Yeah, thank you for that refresher, because I totally knew what those eight were. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> missed you what was up when I said that. <laughs> like, okay, give her a refresher. Jules is in the no, nope. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's good to have a refresher. Those are the eight plus two penalties, and they all make sense. They all make they all make a lot of sense. Like starting, start the timer and stop the timer with your with your hands. Well, start with your fingers and stop with your hands on the sensors with palms down. That makes sense. Don't touch the cube when you're starting and stopping the timer, and don't touch the cube after you stop the timer. Uh, don't over inspect and misalignments, and that's it. Oh, and then, Great. yeah, I think that's it. All right, so yeah, those those are the eight plus two penalties. I don't think that any, well, I think that if people were to were to, were to like stop the timer worse, especially with um, with judges who aren't very experienced and without video evidence, that of, of course would be dishonest. But I think people could get away with that, and that I don't know. We we have to re really heavily rely on the goodwill of our competitors not to not to just do that how do you feel about handing cheat sheets out to uh, judges you mean like handing out like saying hey these are things you should look out for hey yeah. like if it's your first time judging or even if it's not here's a list of things that you should look out for i mean we've had them before most of the competitions around the san francisco bay area have um pretty seasoned staff members like people know what they're doing they know what to watch out for. Sometimes things get missed. I actually probably think a lot more things get missed than, than get reported. Because I, I really rarely hear anything, but then something shows up later. I, I don't know. Um, but there was this one competition where uh, the judging scheme was... It, everybody was expected to judge. Everybody. 
absolutely everybody. So main organizer wrote up this like sheet for all the new judges to be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to be looking out for. This is this is how you're supposed to be able to do things. Um, but on there, it it was not very it, it was not very in depth. It wasn't really meant to be. But at the same time, if if the competitors by going to a competition are expected to be familiar with the regulations, that's very loosely defined. And I feel like uh, I feel like at, at competitions that I were to run, or that Mitch and I were to run, or what, whatever the case may be, that judges should have all of the tools necessary to judge not only effectively and efficiently, but with great accuracy. So Shreebaum got a plus four second penalty, became a 30.07. That's in the official database. I'm sure he's pretty bummed. Um, Noah Arthurs posted uh, the link to the WCA forum saying... Of, well, of course, he, like, he didn't root for this to happen, but it did, and so he posted the link. Uh, it's good to know that people can still be good sports about that. Had there not been video evidence available, that 2607 would have been in the database. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about like the use of video evidence with records and stuff? Because the conversation keeps being brought up, and there's I don't think there's been any real good solution. Well, if, you're, if you say that video evidence, evidence can't be used later on, and there's obviously somebody that's doing some funky stuff in an official solve, and they post that to like YouTube or something, and everybody sees it. They're gonna be like, "What the hell?" Now we can't overturn the result. But like, if you say it's you can do it, then you're gonna see a lot of um, people filing reports, which is gonna cause a lot of havoc for the WCA because they don't want to have to like do in-depth reports for every single solve at a competition. There is also the possibility that people are um, recording solves for their own benefit. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that could possibly go wrong with video evidence, or like taking videos and then using it for evidence. So just, it's still very, very up in the air. And that's, that's a lot of, like, that could potentially lead to a lot of unintentional added pressure, especially to people who are, who are better solvers. That doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. Like, what? When, when I got that two-second BS solve on Skub, Riley Riley uh, Wu was the guy who recorded me for that. I didn't tell him to record me. He just kind of did, because uh, my other solves on that average were absolutely awful, and I was not feeling it. But had I known he was recording me, I think I would have performed differently. Yeah, I mean, like it's. Especially if like now in the now with with Skube, people are like doing stuff ridiculously fast, or even if it's just with any event where things can be kind of heated and the like mini rivalries can form. Um, it seems very interesting to me that people would that that people could go to such lengths as to record their competitors to make sure that everything was being followed correctly. It adds another layer of like, oh my god, I can't screw this up. This has been going on for, like, years already. Yeah, it's, yeah. people have been trying to use video evidence for a long time. For a while, the WCA just didn't allow that at all. And they Out of nowhere, it just kind of came to be. I, I, I still don't know how I feel about using video evidence. I'm leaning more towards it, but only if it's, like, completely justified. tough thing we have to grapple with is how... If we're going to write the regulations, we're going ha- we're gonna to have to follow them. Yeah. But how the, the only way we can keep people as honest as we can is to investigate every such solve. Well, unless you have every single solve recorded, you can't... And it's, yeah, very, very unfeasible. Yeah, it's, it's very unfeasible. And also, to have, to have to check all that evidence and have all that evidence archived and on file somewhere. That's 
an insane amount of work, an insane waste of resources. Yeah. All right, yeah. so that that's it for WCA news. That's enough of that sad stuff. I think it's to, to some less sad stuff with our season wrap up. As yes. you know, this is our final episode of this season of the Cubecast. So, guys, what did we think about this season? We could have done better. We we really could have done better. There was a lot of things that uh-huh. uh, we intended at the start just never followed ever again. You know, uh, after the the first episode, the call episode, um, we actually wrote up an entire guide on what we should be doing, and we just haven't been following the guide. We've just been really, really lazy about it. You know, and our promise was what an episode every two weeks it was, like every two with or without weeks. a guest. And uh, as you can see, ten months, eight episodes, not not uh, not really following it up too well. Yeah, not the best track record. Um, yeah, I felt like in our terms of entertainment value, I felt like a lot of the episodes were really funny, but some of the, some of the episodes were just, they descended into madness way too, just, but by the time we got to that, um, that episode where Jay and Felix got added by the end of it, we, I don't know, I, I don't know if that's just our overconfidence, because you were mentioning something about that earlier. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's just overconfidence or just that we liked hanging out more than doing our job. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Like, we have, um... So, most of the people we have on the CubeCast we already know and talk to on a daily basis. Or on a regular basis. It's like, I could hit up Colin or Antoine and be like, Hey, what's up? Or with Kit, I talk to Kit all the time. Jay, I talk we can to even Jay. just we can even just chat with Felix whenever we want to. Like, it's it's to Which the point where because we can communicate with them regularly, we have a hard time trying to extract information. Like, it's not it's a it's a it gets too comfortable, you know. Like it's yeah. it's it's not very professional, and we already know what they're gonna say a lot of the time. So it's very awkward for us to ask these types of questions to them. Yeah, it's when we have our friends on to the CubeCast, it's not as good as other people. Like the Pedro episode was really good because we actually got to talk to him about actual stuff that we didn't know about, and it was a real conversation. But when we have like when we have someone else on, then it's just like, hey, remember this one thing, and then it just like kind of. It's yeah, like, the conversation is the conversation is completely different, and it's not the direction that we want to take it. Yeah, so we're gonna have to, I guess we're gonna have to like find a lot more guests who are going to be people who we really don't know all too well, at least on a personal level. My personal performance, I felt like I rambled a lot. I felt like I um, you still do that all the time. It's, it's part of who you are, man. I mean, I guess so, um, but to some level, I want to maintain a sort of professionalism and I want to be able to I seem to be very disorganized with how I'm trying to present information I need to work on that considerably um, I felt like overall our episodes were fairly entertaining uh, there were times where there were there were very distinct lulls but part of the part of the nature of what we're doing especially based on uh, our previous incarnations is that 
it doesn't have to be serious all the time. In fact, if it is serious all the time, it's awful. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Um, how do you feel you guys did individually? Mediocre. That's, uh, we, when we had that, we had a meeting last week and we, we pretty much discussed like how, how we felt about the, the keep cast, how we're doing, where, where we want to take it. And one of the, the, the key words was mediocre. I think we could have done, uh, it was, um, uh, we were trying to get somewhere too fast. Without the effort. Yeah. Almost. That, uh, so that's something we need to, to reconsider is definitely putting in a lot more effort into, uh, trying to be less mediocre, more of a very entertaining source of information. Mitch? Yeah, I agree that mediocre is the key word. And, um, preparation is also something that we're all not too familiar with. And it's something we should know really well by now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been... We're in the footsteps of giants here. Andrew Kang, Don Barlow. Yeah, uh, it's like... We, we, we've we been have, trying to... We have the capabilities. <laughs> yeah. We, we've just been trying to catch up to those guys. And those guys, they put in a lot of work. And we're just trying to, to, to get to where they were in terms of entertainment value. Which was pretty damn entertaining. Yeah, it. I think that we've pretty much failed in comparison. Um, to oh, we're so trying. Far. We're trying though. We're definitely gonna try. That's speaking of that. Where do we want the keep cast to be? Yeah, like the real question that we need to ask is like, what direction are we aiming for? Um, why why did we do this in the first place? Well, well, <laughs> was sent me a Facebook message one wonderful morning, or afternoon, or evening. I'm not sure. Love- oh wait, I already deleted my old Facebook. Yeah, damn. It was on his old Facebook, and he said, "Hey, this, wouldn't this it be sound, funny? Yeah, would, if we hosted the Cubecast. Yeah, I was like, this guy, this might sound crazy, but what, what if we restarted the Cubecast? And I'm like, yeah, right. That actually, that actually be pretty funny though. I think that we there could be something like really interesting out of that. Um, and then he's like, yeah, I think it'd just be like really funny. And then all of a sudden he messages Andrew <laughs> King, and then all of a sudden we are put in this position where okay now we have to do this. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that as our initial kind of not really push, but more of we, a we literally took a joke too far. <laughs> oh yeah, way too far. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then we added Mitch into the mix to have like some good um, well to round out the hosts because. If this were just waffling me the whole time, we nothing. Just be nothing two goofballs just like messing around the entire time. That's, <laughs> that's still really kind of what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> whenever you're not saying anything, <laughs> two um, goofballs plus one. That's how it is. Yeah. Uh, and th- there, there's an element of familiarity to it that that makes sense. But um, yeah, it was a joke that had gone way, way too far. And we got pushed into this place where, like, okay, well, now that we have all these, we 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 have Andrew King's blessing. We kind of have to do it now. Yeah, we, we have to do it, and it was more like, okay, we have to do this. We're like kind of obligated to do this, which is why we originally started. And like, we're like, okay, we have to get kind of serious about this. But then we never really grabbed this project by the horns and tried making something wonderful out of it. We just kind of 
skated by the whole time. And Andrew said, you know, hey, we're I'm handing it over to these guys. They they'll take care of it, right? And we've been kind of taking some pretty shitty care of it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. I don't want to let Andrew down. That's why we want to be really serious about the Cubecast. So we finally have decided on a direction where we want to take the show. Right? Yeah. Our essential mission, Waffle put it best, it's that um, we want to provide the best alternative cubing experience outside of solving. That's it. That's, that's our mission. That's that's our mission. That's our and, our and our goal is to provide, or a few of our goals are to provide quality content all the time, um, provide consistent uh, consistent yeah. outflow of content, and be at the forefront of cubing news be able to not only just like say what the news is it was just kind of like what we do with the records we just kind of say what the records are don't we don't have any real own commentary on these news like you know? e- even oh. in this episode some of the commentary was just bs like yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna For the most part we're just like wow that's great yeah but I think that we all need to just take more responsibility, take more accountability for this thing that we're trying to produce and actually get it to where we want to. Uh, and we realize now that we can't do that alone, which brings us to our next wonderful, wonderful topic of taking on new CubeCast members to help out with the future CubeCast. So we have a lot of things planned. There are a lot of things that are in the works that are behind the scenes. If you don't know already, um, I am a moderator of the speedsolving.com forums, so that's why I'm there all the time getting all the all this, all these news sources. Um, and there are a lot of things going behind the scenes at speedsolving.com that I can't really speak anymore about. But one of those things is integrating the CubeCast with speedsolving. We don't know to what extent necessarily that we want to have that yet. That's The, the, the three of us hosts are tr- still trying to consider like what sort of what sort of place we want to have, what sort of presence we want to have on speed solving, how independent we want the CubeCast to be, what the repercussions will be with our sponsor, uh, the Cubicle.us, and other things. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that we still need to cover. Um, additionally, trying to get onto iTunes and stuff, we want we want to be able to have other ways of getting this podcast to people. I remember that iTunes was kind of the way to get the CubeCast podcast earlier on i remember listening to my like mini uh, an ipod nano or something um i was just listening to cubecast on my on my way to school and when i was at home just doing a couple hundred solves because i actually had the time then to do a couple hundred solves at the time um getting the website (laughs) updated getting better social media and engagement with our with our listeners like right now we have no way of knowing how many people listen to this thing no sort of analytics to what we can get. We have almost a thousand likes on Facebook. That really means nothing when we have nobody like saying anything on our posts or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also, like the we same wanna... one or two people every single time. Exactly. It it's kind of I don't know. It's frustrating to us to know that we're not getting very much audience engagement. At the same time, it's frustrating to us to know that we have we consistently have no feedback to know how we're getting better. So we have to sit down and reflect and be like, okay, we kind of suck, but have no actual way of knowing what our, what, how we're perceived to everybody else. In addition to that, some like cooler stuff, like we're thinking of having more giveaways with better prizes and all that, having CubeCast swag. So t-shirts are going to be a thing again. So all some other stuff that we're considering of um, 
getting not only made but distributed through the us or independently We're, we need to figure everything out we have a lot of stuff that we just need to sit down and figure out but yeah this is the you... real reason why we're we're ending this season yeah was we... because we need to shape up we have like a good three months before we we start up this cube cast anew one more time season two and we have a lot of work to do yeah. those three months. And that's where you come in. So we can't do this alone. The three of us have very clearly shown that we, have, we, we, we haven't stepped up. And it'll be a lot easier for us to maintain accountability if we have the support of our listeners. Not only just as listeners, but as part of the CubeCast team. So I'm going to read directly from this thing. We need your help to make the CubeCast great. Aside from all your questions and participation, we need people, listeners, to be part of the CubeCast team. We're all pretty busy people. Like, Mitch and I go to school. Off when I work, we, we, we have stuff that's going on. And our lives are still like, ridiculously busy. We were thinking that, hey, summer would have been a thing. But clearly that didn't happen because I was busy the, literally the entire time. Um, so because of that... For us to commit to a stricter schedule of putting out content will be difficult for us, and we we have we have really no accountability to anybody. So having more people on in particular roles um, would I think w- would help that issue. Um, just as a note, we're not necessarily looking for hosts; we're looking for people to help us acquire content, organize our content, engage with our audience. And work behind make, the scenes a lot. Yeah, work behind the scenes and look, make things look prettier. Of course, so, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be host, not going to be on the show. If something works out, say you find something interesting, and you want to report on it, and we find that you need to report on this because you know it more than we do, then we might have you on. Things might work out that way. All right. So here are a few of the positions available. Mitch, you want to cover the first one? Sure. So. The first position that's available is the web dev guy. What this means is that he's going to help with creating our new website. And so right now we're pretty nubby and using a really crappy web builder software. Um, So that's why it doesn't look that great on our website. Um, (laughs) There's there's no need for that if we've got a really uh, experienced and skilled person to do it for us. So we'll work with you to get the tools that you need in order to help us with our website. The responsibilities and anything of that sort and qualifications will be, you know, at the in the show notes and things of that sort. So just go ahead, check out the show notes if you're really interested in those responsibilities. And if you have those qualifications, feel free to hit us up on our email, which is cubecast.gmail.com. Yeah, the next position we have open is a PR person who will connect the cube cast with our listeners and get our listeners connected with us we'll be able to establish more of a dialogue because right now we've been doing kind of an all right job if you were to take this position or if you were to consider this position you would be the acting face of the cube cast social media on youtube on facebook in our speed solving thread uh on twitter etc and so forth um we have we we have not been able to really keep up on a timely uh, in a timely manner with all the stuff that goes on in our lives um we're, like responding to emails responding to the to the facebook page we haven't even touched the twitter really and youtube the is twitter. largely unused 
Uh, yeah, yeah, we have a Twitter. <laughs> we do have Twitter. Did you not know this, Mitch? I uh, know just the way that you said the Twitter. It was the funny. Twitter. Twitter. Well, oh, no, yeah. well, I I should have said our Twitter account, but the Twitter. Yeah, that, the the Twitter is a thing. <laughs> Anyways, Essentially, the... that's going to be de- dealing with not only uh, responding to the listeners, but also telling us the hosts as well as relaying to all the rest of the team what the listeners really want out of the Cubecast. Because while we're here having fun, we still want to be able to serve the people who are consuming this wonderful wonderful content <laughs> yeah not only that uh, as the pr guy you'll also be working really close with the hosts and uh, our sponsors to set up giveaways and promotions and things of that sort so we will work with you as well as you working with us to set up you know make everyone happy make everyone listen and all that fun stuff you know you will be the acting face of cubecast while we are the hosts of the actual podcast in addition to getting content from listeners, we also need people to uh, help us get content, all the other content for our show. And that comes in the form of writers and reporters. We had the idea of having listeners submitted articles on our website um, so that we could have... The, the reason for that is that we don't catch everything. I'm sure it's pretty clear that we only touch on a few pieces of really important news every episode, at least for these more recent ones. And there's some things that happen in competitions that we just overlook. There's some things that happen in the top 15 solvers in a particular region at a particular competition that we have no idea about. We're All three of us are based in the United States of America. Like, we hardly go to... Well, I don't know. Mitch doesn't go to competitions very much anymore because he's kind of at school in a place where there aren't very many competitions. Waffle hey, there is Vegas comp in like a month, but I'm not going to go to it. Yeah. Never mind. And then there's Wafo, who doesn't go to competitions on a regular basis. And then hey! And then there's me, and I go to tons of competitions, but it's all in, like, really one area. Nothing, like, if there were anything really, really interesting, I would have already said it. And Mitch and I have in the past. Yeah. We've been like, this is the competition that we hosted. Me, 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 me. And we have no idea what's going on. Like, there's there are Chinese championships this that are going on right now that were, Felix Zemdegs is like breaking records and doing crazy stuff. And then there's Australian national. That's also this weekend where anything can happen. Like we don't know firsthand what, what like being at the competitions were like, we have no way of getting in touch. Well, it's not that we, we have no way of getting in touch, but we have no way of like at the, at least at the competition, being able to um, relay that sort of experience, and that sort of feeling of what it's like when people get records, what it's like to be at a competition where some cool stuff happens, or some, uh, whether it be like finals was was a head to head, and this person who was slated to get first lose loses on the first, um, on the first scram- scramble or whatever. I don't know, whatever it could be. Yeah, just it's just some interesting stuff because we don't know what's going on in the world. Yeah, to put it simply, yeah, to put it simply, you're you're bringing the world of cubing into one concentrated place for us to deliver to everyone else. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to have the more formal position as a writer and reporter, you would be essentially um, dealing with content acquisition, whether it be in your area or in the general area. I know that me being on speed solving, I get to see a lot of things. Uh, but there are other forums out there rather than just speed solving. There's the MF8s forums. There are... I don't, I don't even know. There's like, 
think there's a there's a German forum because um, I, I only know that because I do fewest moves all the time. Um, there are there are several other forums that are out there that we have no idea what's going on over there because we don't we most we just don't speak those languages and we're not involved in those particular communities. So anything that you can bring to the table with that would be certainly awesome. We're willing to take a whole bunch of people to do that. Um, our next, our next one that, that took a, that was a very wordy. So I'm probably, yeah, no, but it needs to be very wordy because that's the position that we need the most. Yeah. We need a lot of people to be involved with that. Yeah. So the, the, the next position is um, graphic designers. So if you have like a flair for art or something like that, just hit us up. Basically, what you're going to be doing is, you know, fluffing up the website with pretty pictures and the social media with pretty pictures and all that fun stuff. So you're going to be working closely with um, whoever the PR guy is going to be to help create graphics for giveaways, things of that stuff where you create graphics on shirts and logos, anything that we're going to be selling in terms of merchandise. So... Um, so basically, if you have a flair for art, feel free to say, "Hey, here's what I got for you." And those are our, our those those are basically our um, our positions. Also, if you have any music, because you know that we use this, the same music all the time. If you have any music you'd like to submit to us to have during commercial breaks and stuff, we would love that because that, that just that's just really cool. Yeah. Because the CubeCast is technically running off thanks and goodwill, we can't actually offer a lot of compensation for these positions. Think of it as a volunteer work with some extra sauce on the side. You know, uh, the the CubeCast may seem to be this whole encompassing uh, entity which can afford hosting, but our host is free. Our sponsors pay for giveaways, and that's it. Uh, we don't get paid anything. So if you we can offer um some compensation but not a lot. Uh we can discuss this as when you apply. Uh all the information that you need is going to be or the all the information, responsibilities, qualifications, all that is going to be all on the show notes for this episode. So hit us up and we will get back to you right away with say interview process, things of that sort. So with that all said and done, it's time for Skep Timbland. <laughs> Skep Oh boy! I hope I scrambled right. right I'm like just four by four during Basque. We don't we don't have a guest, God, so who's calling? Who's calling? Can you not? <laughs> we got it. Of course, we have to end this entire season with stupid puns. Um, do you have a soft corner in UFR? Yeah, soft corner UFR. Do you have it? Connor. Yeah. Um. And then right below the green is white. Yes. Good. And right below that is orange. Yep. Yes. And right to the left is yellow. Yeah. Okay. Then this is correct. Ah, uh, let's get a blind. Let's rock paper scissors for this. Call on three. What? Okay. Rock paper scissors for it. Okay. Winner gets to decide who calls. Okay. Okay. Ready? On three. One, two, three. Paper. Paper. Rock. Fuck you. <laughs> so Waffle and I win, so Mitch loses. Waffle and I have to go, and I guess. Okay, Mitch, count down. Three, two, one. Scissors. Scissors. Three, two, one. Scissors. Scissors. <laughs> Three, two, one. Paper. Scissors. Okay. 
Mafa wins. Who who calls? I say Mitch calls because you're gonna call PLLs. Okay. Um. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Are you doing Green Cross? Aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> um. Okay. Do X prime. X prime. L two. D. R. D two. R two. U. R prime. F R. U two. Uh. Y. R prime. F two R. Um, R prime U prime R U, R prime U prime R U, R prime U prime R, U, L prime U, L, U prime L U, L prime U, Y prime. R U R prime. I don't know this one. Um, R W U two. R prime U prime R U prime R W prime. U, and then it's uh, N A perm, the one that's like uh, G A perm, I think. The block is on the right. Okay. Okay. I know that one. Done. Victory. I I know that one. I actually know that are, one. You guys are going to look at the F12 and be like, wow, he actually did an X-Cross, but it was really crappy. So I mean, I couldn't have seen that at all. Got it. Wow, all we right. both got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was Skept Team Blend. <laughs> all right, so thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to, our, to this season and putting up with us. Um... Please send us your feedback. We send us your applications. S- send yeah, us that's everything. what we really want. Just send us your life and times, and we'll we'll take that into great consideration when trying to continue this. Um, so this officially starts the Cubecast 2.0, the, well, the end of the Cubecast 2.0, and the start of something new and something better, and something gj so for the last time for a little bit thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time see you next year guys bye all right we did that we did that Do you think it was okay?